0: so uh hello everyone welcome to the cyber weekly i am del gracious Okelo, your podcast host and i am with josephine olok my co-host in this podcast we talk about cybersecurity and all matters related to cyber with book reviews monthly on other areas besides cybersecurity. i am glad you made it uh welcome josephine um as we share as i shared with you in the the notes the the podcast notes uh we talked about uh, insurance and uh, security breaches and i remember during the during the fitzpa event we talked uh people were talking about how the penetration reach for uh, for insurance is is a bit of a challenge to the point that only one percent of people are actually insured uh, what's your take on it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think with the, what we've noted with insurance, it is that it is considered a luxury service or product. So after, when people look at financial services that they use, mostly most of them use the obvious ones, payments um you know sending and receiving money is, is is key and that and and the majority of of our members fall into the payment space but when you look at insurance insurance is seen as uh a l- luxury and it's something that comes after your basics have been met so for that reason and it's also there's there's that aspect but also the aspect of uh, perhaps a lack of understanding around insurance, what it entails. Because when you when you think through insurance, you can there are definitely benefits of of insurance for 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 everyone, including people who would not consider uh, who would need insurance, like farmers and all that, because they're dealing with season seasonalities and all that. So it, it is uh, a, a lack of understanding as well as people not thinking that they have the disposable income to take on insurance.
0: Okay. Now, with regards to cybersecurity, do you find that the reach is actually gaining because of the breaches and all that? Do you find that people are actually now more leaning towards uh, getting insured, especially for cybersecurity?
1: Yes. When we look at our community, yes, there is the awareness. Um, And I'm sure, as you know, Dale, that It's cyber attacks uh, happen very often. And most people uh, know that it's not about if, but more about when. Um, And a lot of people have been attacked, but are not necessarily being open about having been attacked. So there is the understanding that, yes, it will help to be insured. I think the challenge you have with the... Insurance is whether the products out there one are affordable, and two whether they uh, actually meet the requirements uh, of insurance that 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 uh, the members need. So there is um, there is a a, a demand, but the, that demand is not necessarily being fulfilled in terms of not the products not being available to to people who need to be insured on on uh, who needs cyber insurance.
0: Okay. Now, when it comes to uh, situations where uh, let's say someone is start startup in times of cybersecurity and they're trying to set up uh, an organization, do you find that insurance would be the ideal at that point or they have to come up with the actually working product before actually getting insured? Sorry, uh, just
1: let me understand that question again. Are you saying are you asking for when you're first setting up your company or?
0: Yes. When you're setting up is insurance, the first thing you should think of, or it is something which later on down the road that you already have a working product that you can also now put it on board with regards to like a cybersecurity product.
1: Yeah. I think that that speaks really to, to, uh, whether you can afford it or not obviously if you if you the best the best thing to do to mitigate risk is to look at all bases to have more bases covered and to have insurance the reality is that it's not necessarily going to be uh, you're not necessarily going to be in a position where you can take on insurance immediately i think what um what can help the business before you even go to insurance is make sure that you have everything that you need in place that mitigates against the attack. So you need to look at what technology you have to make to, to have uh, to secure your business and your products, whether it is you having firewalls or whatever. And then what are your processes around it? Uh, it's how do you manage incidents? How do you deal with um, how, what policies do you have? And then what do you do about uh, people? People obviously are a big part of, 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 of cyber of of security, and if you don't um, have those in place, if you're not creating uh, an awareness within your team, uh, you're not having looking at all the doing the, all the due diligence to bring on your staff. Um, if you're not taking care of those, then it would probably be premature to go and start saying, "Okay, you want cyber insurance?" Because a lot of the times, what we've known, what we've discovered, is that. It's a very high risk to to get uh to be insured for 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 insurance companies to take on cyber insurance. It's a high risk because it's for the frequency and the nature of it. So if you do not uh if you're not ready to be insured, if you don't have the mitigations um in place, then you're probably much more unlikely to get the insurance that you want.
0: So, meaning, uh, it's quite the criteria is quite stringent when it comes to actually you getting a package for insurance, and they don't have a standard figure for. Oh yes, yeah.
1: Definitely, because of the risk, the risky nature of it, it's it's very high risk. It's it's highly probable that most people will get attacked. Uh therefore, you need to be able to prove that you've done everything you can. To, to mitigate the risks um so that you become more 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 insurable um so to speak
0: um if we dive right in when it comes to like cybersecurity breaches uh, i want to piggyback on uh, what you had already talked about concerning onboarding so uh during the Milima event which I attended yesterday you found that Onboarding being one of the key things because you find that you may employ someone who is either incompetent or has false documents in some way, or in he's not capable, or he's having some issue which is causing him to maybe steal money and all that. Uh, what are your takes when it comes to onboarding and uh, matters concerning that?
1: Okay, so on onboarding is. Uh... It shouldn't be a one-off event uh, okay onboarding obviously is a one-off event but you have to com- uh, continuously make sure you monitor uh your staff so onboarding should include um i mean and i guess i guess also depends on the industry you're in but obviously it needs to include verification of academic credentials uh verification getting references for previous employers uh and if you're working in a very um uh, especially in the financial industry, it also helps to to be able to talk to other, um, especially associations. Uh, I know the bankers have a, a strong association, and they and it it, it helps to get uh, reference checks from associations like that because I think the bankers have a network where they have um, blacklist of of individuals who have perhaps uh, you know committed fraud. Uh, in the organization that I work for. So I think having networks like that to do your due diligence, um, you can do the police records, you can do all that. And having done all that and you're satisfied that the person is 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 skilled as they say they are, uh, that the person worked uh, where they say they work and there was no food associated with where they worked and their conduct was good, uh, That that obviously... Is as a good start to onboarding the person, but it's also to make sure that you're constantly uh, uh, reviewing the person's performance, but also checking for things like um, lifestyle changes, sudden lifestyle changes. When you're especially when you're dealing with money, perhaps when you're not dealing with money, it's another thing. But I think it's also good to monitor those uh, those thing indicators that could could uh, uh, point to some. Have some fraud, some collusion that you have. If you're dealing with clients, it's also good to get uh, feedback from them as to how that person is conducting themselves. Uh, it, it's good to have um, a code of conduct within your organization, but it's also good to have um, uh, your a relationship with your clients, which talks to code of conduct. And I know with the financial industry, if you're working, uh, as a, if, if your client is, say, a bank, then they expect that you, you would, uh, have your, your employees actually following some kind of ethical, uh, standard or ethical code of, of conduct. So I think it, it's an ongoing thing because there people are most often, uh, the weakest link when it comes to the cyber attacks or
0: attacks or fraud or anything like that. So uh, as uh, you noticed in the show notes, we talked of um, the security breaches which are happening in Kenya. Uh, And especially in this last quarter, do you feel like uh, there will be more or like in this situation of like, let's say Uganda or other countries, do you find that uh, we are ready for such incidents?
1: I think it's difficult to say whether we'll ever be ready. Uh, I think the my take is that the, the cyber attacks and the and the and the and the people, the actors behind the threat actors behind them, are often ahead of 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 the game. So they actually take doing much smarter things. So most you know, uh, if you, if you look at a lot of the incidences, most people have been hacked before they realize they've been hacked. So you you have somebody hacking into your network and sitting within your network and observing what is happening maybe for months uh, you know before you re- before something happens and when that something happens it's often too late because they've been sitting in your in your network so i think the the threat actors are often ahead so if we do not try to be as ready as possible at every turn then we'll always be behind. So I think it is about um, one having uh, having a much more, obviously technically you want to be technically very good in terms of what you're doing, protecting your your networks. But I think what is even more important is collaborating with other institutions because you're not going to be able to to handle this on your own as an organization. So if you're part of an association having the collaboration amongst your members, but also having the co- collaboration with all the stakeholders, which include the regulators, the, the task forces that, that deal with cybersecurity, the police, the judiciary. So I think unless we have a very tight um, a tight network or uh, form of collaborating, and unless we, we look at it as a joint issue, and unless we react as quickly as possible, when something happens in a collaborative way, we're always going to fall behind the the thread actor.
0: That's interesting. Um, now, when it comes to uh, the bankers associations, you find that uh, you have. Uh, you said you have a a list, a blacklist how do you usually manage it like everyone contributes to it and uh, how often is it usually you know contributed to and uh, second yeah first answer that one as i'm processing the next question <laughs> yeah because i
1: probably forget the, the first question so yeah. so i'm not i'm not a member of the bank of the association uh just to let you know um it's the, the bank the bankers association is made up of banks. Um and I I'm not I'm not oh sorry. I'm not not a, a member, but my assumption is and my the knowledge I have is that there should be some kind of um uh, data base or of sorts where they they're able to 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 know who, who's been committed fraud and all that the extent to which it is used uh, how it's updated those details i don't have um obviously it's something that when you think about it, it would be nice to have uh but of course when you have to consider uh whether you know the legality surrounding uh the that, that information especially for the individuals who are involved who are in that list so um, i i can't claim that they have the list i'm just assuming that they do um and I, and I think sometimes it's more about um, the, you know, when you do your, your check with your association members, it's not, can you look up this person for me? It is, what have you heard about this person or do you know anything? It's, it's perhaps much more um, informal than it is formal. But that, that's all I, I really can say about that.
0: Now, in case of a breach, now, a good example of um, this. Security breaches which are happening. In case of a breach, how proper would you react to it if, like, one of the CISOs came to you and they told you, ah, we have this breach? And uh, our way forward is either to, like, remove a service or the bank is halted for quite some time. How do you usually manage the situation? And does it ever reach to that point?
1: Okay, I've, I've been. Lucky that I've not been involved in something uh, significant. But I think what this is where having a process has to kick in. Um, and you need to decide what 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 action to take based on what you think of each is. So I think engaging the the process and constituting a team um, and having somebody take decisions around what action you're going to take. So what how severe is the the breach possible is it is it is it very severe if it is what is the action you take take off take go offline report consider team so th- those are all things which are should be very clear in your process and it should be so rehearsed that when it happens you don't then start looking for oh, oh what do we do next yeah because in your process you should be able to to know that if you're a regulated entity, you need to report to the central bank. If you're a regulated entity, you need to report to the central bank to say, perhaps, my I'm taking my services offline. Uh, taking your services offline also means uh, that you you you're hopefully that you're you're limiting further damage to to your systems. But you also make have to make sure that your process is in place where. You have secured your your backups, and hopefully your backups you've not been replicated, uh, not replicating data, or um, you've not been replicating data which is already also compromised. So you, you need to have all these processes in place, and a, a systematic way of dealing with an incident, which is a process, a policy, a rehearsed um, uh, policy, and also. Uh, so that you can mitigate you can mit- mitigate uh, further damage. Um, one of the things that we're all guilty of is is having policies and not following through on um, on che- on testing and, and, and you know we talk, we do a lot of backups, so do you ever test them? we uh, we have these plans do you ever test them? Um, you you have uh, Crisis management team? Do you ever constituted? Uh, do you have a rehearse a scenario where you've had you've been hacked and you have to go to the media? You have to go to your regulators. Uh, do you know what happens when? Who is the spokesperson when something like that happens? And of course, uh, it's it depends on the level of the issue. So sometimes the spokesperson may have to be the very top level of uh, person in the organization, who could be your board member or it could be your CEO. But depending on the issue, it could be your CISO. The CISO might be able to deal with the issue internally, uh, without you going externally. But I, I think all those are things which um, should be very well articulated in your process. Should be rehearsed and should be clear. But there, there's many levels of, of of what you need to do, and uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, when when you say you've got, you've got a breach and and your and your data has been you know, encrypted or whatever it is, and can't access it, and you're being asked for a ransom. You need to be able to have a policy on whether or not you you pay for the for the ransom or not. If you don't, then you don't you don't go ahead. You you you, ho- you hope you hope you mean the idea is that you you don't go ahead because you've put in place a a a lot of effort to make sure that your backups and all that are secure. Uh, and you, you're confident that you, you you can quickly recover from that. So, yeah, so it, th- that is basically what I would say about that.
0: Well, I have a little scenario here.
1: Uh, I
0: would want to get your take on how you would perceive it. Um, it's part of my newsletter. I wrote something small here. And um, part of it, it's about a breach, and uh, I would want to know how you would perceive it as a, what, as a, a board member. So this is uh, so actually an actual breach which has been in the news. Uh, it's about uh, uh, Cisco devices, the operating system of Cisco has been breached and it has an issue concerning uh, the http and https basically the things which connect the server and what is happening is the attackers are using this zero day to affect other to escalate privilege to be able to create their own users delete other user accounts And currently, the best remediation is to um, blacklist some IP addresses and keep on checking for possible users who you haven't placed in the system. Um, What's your take on it? And how would you react
1: to such a situation? Okay. You've approached me as a board member yeah uh, of course. and you're a CISO? yeah okay so the yeah. first thing I'd ask you is because what you've told me is 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 technical, meaning I have not understood there's a I've understood that there's a breach, but I've not understood the impact on the business and how severe this is in terms of how it affects our operations so what I would ask you is what is the impact and what do you need? What support do you need us to, to be able to manage this? So, this is a question that comes back to you because you've told me a lot of, of, of things, but I've not really understood how this impacts the business, the operation. So, I'll ask you what is the impact of this breach? What does it mean for our business? What do you need support for us to do? Do we need to talk to our regulators? What do you need? What support do you need from the board?
0: Okay. So, um, meaning that I need to bring more numbers next time.
1: <laughs> it, it has to be at the level where I understand, because at the, at the level of the board, I am looking at protecting the interest of the company, all the, all the stakeholders of the company shareholders everybody within the business so I' I'm, 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 I'm concerned about what how this affects the business I'm concerned about how this affects our reputation I'm concerned whether we are compromising any data that's reached to our customers so if, if you are look, uh, approaching this I would suggest you say we've had a breach this is what we think is going is impacted data records systems. These systems we use to to do our to run our operations, therefore we cannot run our operations. This is going to have an impact on our reputation. Therefore we need to talk to our stakeholders from the board. And it's speak numbers, which makes sense. So for the board for the board I what I need your support on is I need you to I need resources to do this and this. I need you to, to do this. I need your Approval to 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 take down systems. So I need this. So it needs to be very clear in language, which is clear to understand. Because I uh, as a a, a an IT person, I understood what this, how this breach, understand when you describe the breach. Yes, how the breach happens, but I have not even even as an IT person, I really not understand and understood. It's like you give me you present me something, then I'm like, okay, so so then what? Yeah. You you get it. I get <laughs> yeah. It. <Okay. laughs> yeah.
0: So uh let me try a second approach okay. because this podcast is all about this. Um so uh, this bridge was discovered by Cisco on the twenty-eighth of September this year. And it affects uh, Cisco devices, the operating system which Cisco uses to operate its devices, and the level of this breach has the uh, is able to actually affect the business. How someone from anywhere in the world is able to access our devices and through the internet because it's it's that interface which we usually use to access our devices through the internet. So someone is able to access our devices and create different users, delete our accounts, meaning we have no control over the device itself, making them admins meaning that they can do anything from changing user accounts, uh, manipulating data from any other source, and meaning that you can even choose to stop our connection to actually our network itself. Because remember, the Cisco devices are the ones which control the networks we usually use. So that's my take. Uh, And my remediation for this issue is we should first switch it off, especially the uh, part of the connecting to the internet, the HTTP and HTTPS ports need to be switched off, meaning no one from the outside is able to access our devices on the inside, or alternatively, we could place our firewall on that when someone from the outside is not able to access our, our devices from the inside. Is that
1: better uh, yeah yeah better could still be improved so maybe I would ask you is um, well thinking that you' you' you've taken the action to, to switch off our connection to the internet meaning that you're you minim not eliminating but you're reducing the the, the access the access of of, the, of those people who are attacking us by the way um, but now what I would also ask is, what is your assessment of the damage that's been done? And and how does switching off the internet affect our business?
0: Currently, uh, switching off the internet, we don't mean switching off the entire internet that no one is able to access the internet. We mean switching off the device's access to the internet. I don't know if you get my point. Meaning that nobody from the outside is able to access our device from the inside. Then, so how, uh, how does that
1: impact? How does it impact our operations when when that happens, or does it not have an impact?
0: It will affect our impact in a way that. Um, okay, I'm now lost. <laughs> the questions there. <laughs>
1: you uh, you've, you've approached me as a board member so I, for me i have to understand how this is affecting uh, the business remember it's it's a crisis yeah, so okay. and we need to make decisions quickly based on the information that you've given us so mm-hmm. it it has to be based on how what is how is it impacting us what 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 is the the risk to our to our customers to our employees or whatever, especially when if somebody has been having access to a to a network, it means that we we have the biggest risks that our data is could be compromised. Okay. So, how are we? What What is your assessment of the, of that? What has happened?
0: Um, my assessment is currently uh, forty thousand devices abroad have been attacked by that same issue. And I'm trying to come up with the remediations to avoid it affecting us. Currently, we have no breach yet, but in case it happens, we need to set up underlying layers to stop it when it actually happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So as a board member, what what do you think about the whole process? as in my page, do you feel like you would actually on those it or you'd be like, ah
1: I think uh I would I would probably be asking a lot more questions. Um I think the second time you talked about uh, switching off access to um switching off the um connection to the internet so people externally cannot access it, what I haven't really grasped is feel what the impact is when you do switch that off. Um, you've, you've also talked about your assessment of uh, impact. So at this stage as a board member, I'm not sure what how to perceive the level of risk, whether this is a crisis or whether it is something that you can handle internally as a CISO uh, but familiar with the business. So that has not been... Uh, I'm not clear what action to take based on the information you've given, me. Uh, and I'm not clear what whether external stakeholders need to be involved at this stage on based on the, action, the information that you've given me. So I'll probably probe a little more to try and find out more, more around the impact. Okay. Secondly,
0: uh, now when it comes to this like me talking about it you find that it's it's very inconveniencing to keep on probing or you would find that there are specific like the way you say the specific key indicators that i am supposed to make sure that i put in my reference while talking to you to make things very easy and straightforward because it feels like you need to keep on asking now here let's say i met you in like a very busy situation would it be something you would actually take a listen to, or you will be like, ah, okay, we shall talk about it later?
1: No, no, no. It's it's very important that we talk about it. I think what's imp- what is more probably more important for you as the CISO is is also understand uh, that you're, because you're coming from a very technical background. But you are at the level where you're talking to people who don't have that technical know-how. They they don't have the the knowledge. Even when you talks, you say Cisco, and you talk about OS, that's something that goes above people's heads because it's it's still very technical. So you need to look at it from the perspective of uh, a board member when you when you're giving your pitch. You need to look at it from the perspective of a board member who does not know. Anything about IT, so they don't know what Cisco is. They don't know what OS is. They don't know what HTTP is. They don't know all of that. So the the only language that they will understand is something has happened. What is it that has happened? How does it impact us? What do we need to do about it? What support do you need from us as a board, as a board? So it 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 needs to be such a lay in lay terms. And, and of course, when you talk numbers, it helps. So if, if you're a business that is uh, perhaps has, um, is, is selling is an e-commerce site, and you know that your revenues, you generate a lot of revenue on the internet, and now people cannot access your your platform for whatever reason. If you say things like, as we've, we've, we've had to take the decision to switch off uh, access to the internet, uh, to To our site, the impact of that is that we're going to be losing tens of thousands of dollars in, in lost sales. That is language that the board understands. So they will be able to, to 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 know that on a daily ra- on a daily basis we make hundreds of thousands of dollars. If we're off for one day, that is what it means in terms of 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 um, of money. If you also say the impact of this is that our staff are going to be um, are going to be spending 24 man hours whatever time it is the resources that we're going to use to to try and mitigate this this is if you're articulating that way it becomes very very clear how this impacts the business and how 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 important then the issue is or whether it's a crisis or whether it is not So, that language is important to to board members. Uh, uh, I think the 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 issue is never to make the assumption that people know the technical stuff. You know, Cisco, OS, it just goes over HTTPS, (laughs) it does not mean anything. (laughs) So, never make that uh, assumption.
0: Yes, I guess we shall end here and I'll try my level best
1: next time. Okay.